Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Born to Talk radio show. I am your host, Marsha Witeka. And for me, it's about conversations plus connections equals community. I call them my three C's. What does community mean to you? To me, it means anything from where you live to what you enjoy and share with others. I have always been curious about people. So asking someone a simple question, what's your story, results in the basis of this show. And everyone has a story. And I'm here each week to share those stories with you. Today, my guest is Yuri Williams. Welcome to the show, Yuri. Hey, how you doing? I'm just doing great, and this is so much fun personally for me because you and I go back a few years. I think probably close to 20 years ago when I was the membership director at the Westchester Y, and you were part of the new basketball players. Oh, what do you remember about those days, Yuri? Oh, man. You want want the good or you want the bad? (laughs) Give it all. I'll take a little bit of both. Well, you know, I remember I have some good memories there because there were a lot of older players like Don and younger players like me and Cal and Ray Tutt. And a lot of people went through there, through that gym, uh, Bobby Brown. And, you know, it was just like a family um, environment all the time. You know, we would get into arguments and push and fight and, you know, I got kicked out a couple of times, but it was really? still love after Who the game that? was over, you know. <laughs> We're not going to say any names, but. <laughs> oh, man. I, had a, I spent a lot of time in that gym going, I, I don't even think you guys, when you were playing, used the clock, did you? you did you, you use know, the clock? We didn't use that until the, we used that towards like the probably, what, uh, 2000 era, you know, 2000, yeah. whatever, but we didn't use it too often. One, two. No. And, you know, there were some fabulous, you mentioned some guys, you know, we both just adored um, a former athlete, Flynn Robinson. He was on the Lakers and he was another old dog that that played that, that gym. But you know what? Any of our Y friends that are listening know that your signature look was what? The socks. Those red stripes. Those red striped socks. Oh my God! Where's Waldo? It was like those socks. They were just. They were just hysterical. I love those socks. You know why I would wear anyway, those? I'm gonna tell you why I would no. wear those. You know what I'm tell you why? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, you know, a lot of people don't know how to play basketball. They dribble with their head down. So when you see the socks, you can at least throw it that way without looking. You know. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty clever. I like that. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, so now yeah. let's 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 fast forward to today. And okay. you've got quite a story to share. I, the last time I saw you what is was at a homeless feeding event. I didn't even know it was you because you were dressed like Spider-Man. But I would like to um have you share the story of Yuri. So what was it? What was it like for you growing up as a kid in South Central LA during the 1980s? Uh, I mean, it was it was pretty rough, Marshall. Um, you know, that was the time during uh, the the real heavy gangbang drive-by shooting era. You know, um, mm-hmm. 
we couldn't we couldn't play off front because you know rival gang members were coming through shooting at people not at us but you know at other rival gang members and it was just it was just a hard time but at the same time it was a a loving era to me because it seemed like the parents and the community cared more you know I would get a whooping if I got in trouble by my neighbor and then I get one from my mom when I got home too so you know people used to look out for each other then. Mhm. Where did you go to high school? Uh, Dorothy High School. No, you didn't. Did Dorothy I know High that? School, yes, no. Did uh, you know that Claudia not. went there? Yeah. Did you oh, know yeah. that Claudia Claudia, went? Yeah. Did you know yeah. my mother went there? No, really. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. My mom graduated. Now, clearly, you know, I'm a little older than you right now. But my mother graduated from Dorsey in the winter. That's when they were doing summer and winters back in those days, in the winter of 1946. And then did you know Charlie uh, Moorhead from the Y? Did you know he was a lifter? He was in the free weight room? Well, he graduated from Dorsey in 1967, the same year I graduated from high school. And I had him and and a group of men from Dorsey on my show. You know, all these years that I have known about you, I, I just did not know you went to Dorsey. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Did you play ball there too? Yeah, I played uh, track for you know, one year, ran track, uh, baseball, and the majority was basketball. Huh. And Claudia was a cheerleader. Yeah. How funny. Yeah, um, I remember so, Claudia. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry for people that now we're just having like this reminiscence, but Claudia also worked at the YMCA and she worked at the front desk and I was her supervisor. It's kind of funny. I just didn't know that connection. Um, When, what, what life experience did, can you share with us that, that changed your life when you were growing up um, in that time? Um, You know, something happened. I have a lot of, uh, well, one was uh, I lost my mom. That was like the most, that probably was the most devastating thing that has happened to me in Why my life, you, were, you know. How old were you, Yuri? Uh, that was 2009, so, man, I don't know. I'm 42 now, so we we got to do okay. the math on that. I don't want okay, to wow. reveal my age, but you got me. <laughs> yeah, I did. Wow, Yuri. She died in 2009. Yeah, cancer, eight-year battle. Wow. I didn't know that about your mom. Um, I don't know if you under, if you knew this about me, but that's the same year my husband died. That's oh, really man. interesting. At the Staples Center, Yuri, but that's uh, at the day, day two of the Pac-10 tournament. Yes, I, basketball wow. has interwoven through my life since yeah. I knew you and before. It's that interesting what we learn about each other as we share. Right. Which You know what, honestly, that's what conversations and connections and community, in my opinion – is what this is all about. We, you and I share, right. uh, we share, actually we share several communities because we both are sports fans and, and you are an incredible um, role model for people doing, making difference. And Thank we're going to absolutely, we're really going to talk about that, which is really the essence okay. of the show. But I digress because these connections continue to happen. Um, who was your role model growing up? Who who did you look to um, as your role model? You know, my mom, uh, Magic Johnson was, but my mom was more the 
the person that I wanted to be like because she took me to work with her at uh, Juvenile Hall where she once worked uh, probation, mm. and she got promoted to probation officer, and then I ended up, uh, you know, following her footsteps, and um, just I just wanted to be just like her because she was a, a caring and strong woman, you know. Wow. That's that's beautiful, and I bet she knew you felt that way, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she did. She did. Did you have do you have siblings? Yes, I have uh, two sisters. Okay. Well, yeah. well, it sounds it sounds like I mean you're right. Magic Johnson can be that sort of person out there, but um, really um, affecting your life and and actually guiding you into your professional career. That's really interesting. I, I didn't, I didn't know that. Do you, do yeah. you feel that, that the youth today are more advanced than you were um, coming up as a child? How, how would you compare the youth today to your childhood? Um, you know, they, they have access to the newer, you know, technology. Um, and that's really running this world now, the technology Whereas we mm-hmm. coming up only had, uh, you know, encyclopedia and dictionary and, you know, just being able to get that knowledge from your teacher. But now you can go online and ask Google a question and you get the answer right away, you know. Right. It's funny, isn't it? It is. It's so different in so many ways. You know, um, kids were bullied kids were being bullied when I was in school. That's not a new phenomenon for somebody to call you out and tell you you're ugly or you have zits or you're a lousy baseball player or whatever. But today, the way kids can um, affect others through social media, um, it's it's pretty devastating. And I certainly yeah. think, and you must see it in your professional work as well, that oh, yeah. in both your professional and your and your social side that it, it it is it is much different today. I think it's in many ways it's much harder to be a parent today than it ever was. Sure. You're the same age as my children. <clears throat> my daughter's 41, my son is 43. You know, things were not as complicated. That's not to say you didn't have your own issues. There was a lot right. going on. There was there oh, was yeah. certainly a lot of go- things going on, but not the way they are today, huh? No, not a, not either. What do you think's missing today compared to when you were being raised? You know, like I said, um, it seems a, a lot different. Like when I would come to the Y, you know, the older cats would tell me, like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. You need to do this. You know, work on your skill, work on getting a job, and this and that. But these kids look up to these celebrities as the go-to person and, you know, money isn't everything, you know, and I try to explain that to these kids, like being successful and having a home, somewhere to live and helping others is what I feel is much needed in the world right now. You know, that's, that's better than trying to become the next LeBron or, you know, Kobe or whatever to me. Right. And, and, and you're just talking sports, you know, there's, right. there's all those, other fields of entertainment where, you know, maybe this girl or this guy wants to be a rapper or they want to do, you know, something else with their lives. And, and I think there's a real struggle. I think the teenage years today are just entirely different. Do you ever go, have you gone back to Dorsey at all since you've graduated? You know, I go up there just to, um, 
you know, check out a football game or something like that. But I plan on going mm-hmm. back to, you know, reach out to them and let them know, you know, the service that I provide. And, you know, I, I always like to give back to the community where I come from, and that's one of my plans is to do that. You know, Yuri, this is another sidebar, which sort of happens when I get into a conversation. I need to connect you to the group called Motivated Men. They okay. are there each week at Dorsey. They're all alumni, and mm-hmm. they work with a lot of the sports teams, particularly the football team, mentoring and guiding. They have assemblies. They work closely with the principal there. And you would be such a tremendous keynote speaker to bring your story. You're, you know, yes, you're older. Those kids could be, they could be the age of a child you're raising. But you have a compelling story because you went to that school. And, oh, we definitely need to speak with that about how you might be able to affect change with that, with those, with those kids as well. Um, I always think this is an interesting question and, and I love this question. And that is if you could name three of the most exciting things that have happened to you in your life so far, what would what would they be? Oh man, I would say man. the first one would be uh, having my my daughter. That's that's one of the that was one of the best blessings I've ever had in my life. You know. Mm. And uh, tell me about the her. Second one was. Um, I want to hear about your daughter. <laughs> man, she's How ten, about she? to be ten next Friday. She's ten okay. next Friday, and I mean. She's already, she seems like 18 already to me because she's so advanced and, you know, smart. And she's shy, but she's, she's a very smart child, and she doesn't cause me any problems. I probably spanked her, what, probably two or three times in her 10 years now, you know. So that's a good mm. kid to me. Yes, indeed. Oh, that's exciting. Okay, well, I I, I didn't know you, she, that you had a daughter, so happy birthday to her yeah. next week. Okay, so that I could see why that would be considered number one. What would number two be? Uh, number two would be, you know, you're not going to believe me, but you kicking me out of the wife was like a, a, a champion for me because uh, basketball oh, is something that I love. And, you know, you don't know how hard it was to, to I had to go somewhere else to play for, you know, those three times that I got kicked out. But it's a, it was a learning experience as well because I had to learn to control my emotions. You know, I had a bad temper and, Mm-hmm. Thanks to you, now I've calmed down somewhat, you know. That's really, that's, you know, Yuri, that, that really touches me. That's really, that's really nice to hear. I, I really didn't know that. I, I think that, you know, you were young and there were, there were so many ages of, of young men and men playing basketball. And then there were always the high school kids that tried to sneak in and Reggie and some of those kids that wanted to play too, you remember, (laughs) you know, and my office, you know, it's like, wait a minute, guys, because safety was an issue, you know, and it's like, I don't want to see anybody punching people because you you thought it was a foul and he didn't. And, and it's funny because you throw out those names like, like a Reggie, you know, or, or, um, oh, the guy that played and he passed, he was such a wonderful guy. And he always wore shirts that looked like pajama tops. Oh, gosh. And there's a Who's song that? that I always thought about him. Do you know who I'm speaking oh, about? Um, 
Yeah, uh, golly, I can't think of his name. I know who you're talking about. You you do know who I'm talking. He was an older guy. Yeah, yeah. And um, and he he brought some sensibility. So it, you know, you might have learned something from me because I took something away from you that was important. But I believe that those older guys that you played ball with, they were also role models and wanted you to not be knuckleheads you know, right. and to understand the sport. So that, that's, that's really, that is really important. We're going to think of that guy's name at some point, or I'm going to call yeah. you back oh, and yeah. say, oh, yeah, cause, right. because there's a song. There's a song that relates to this guy by his name, and I just, it's escaped me. Okay, so, that, so okay. I'm number two. And what was number three? Uh, number three was my mom <laughs> just, just being there for me throughout, you know, mm-hmm. my 18 years of growing up in L.A., you know, letting me go to private school at first to balance out and then go to regular school and, you know, get both sides of the streetness and, uh, you know, education where I could have street mm-hmm. sense and common sense and book sense as well, you know. It's a combo, isn't it? It, it, re- it yeah. really oh, is yeah. a combo. And um, you you want to fit in with your peers and you're a good-looking guy, so I'm, I'm sure the girls were really interested in you and – you know, just balancing all that and then doing schoolwork and then, you know, figuring out how you were going to conduct your life. It sounds like your mother just had an enormous impact on that. I, I hesitate to ask this because I, I, I don't want to bring out something that's bad, but I suspect I might know. Uh, what was the worst thing that you've seen as an adult? Uh, Marsha, I've seen a lot of stuff that, I shouldn't see as a kid coming up, but, you know, I look back at it and I say, God uses me. He he let me witness that stuff to be able to help others, you know, that have been through that, you know. The one right. time that I remember the worst thing was uh, a guy pulled a gun on me out in uh, Orange <gasps> County and, you oh, know, no. he pointed it towards my head. And then he walked <gasps> away and he took all my money out of my pocket and I had another, like, $100, $200 in my shirt pocket, but you couldn't see it. It came back, and he reached in there, and he took it out. And, you know, I thought he was going to shoot me because he started reaching for his gun. So, luckily, I know a little Taekwondo, and I pushed him, and I kicked him, and I ran away. Shot, he shot in the air a couple times, and then uh, he took off. And, you know, the police came in, detectives, and talked to me. I'm like, I don't want to be, you know, the guy to tell or nothing. I don't know what the guy looked like. To be honest with you, I let it go. Mm-hmm. Cops called me about three weeks, four weeks later, and told me they found the guy. Did I want to come see the, you know, the paperwork, the photos? I'm like, no, I don't want to, you know. So then the mm-hmm. guy called me back a month later, and he said, this guy that robbed you has been deceased, you know. So <gasps> that's just the karma comes back, you know, and I'm just, sure. you know, I'm just wow, glad that I'm still yeah. here to be able to talk about that, you know. I, yes, I. For for most of us, we've never experienced that frightful experience that you had, and you know, it, you know, it's it's almost to the point, Yuri, where it's hard to put the news on. Um, you know right. what happened in in Maryland yesterday. Um, yeah. it, it's almost it, it's almost um, unbearable, and I'm not even talking about politics because I don't talk about politics on my show I I really leave that up for everybody's own um, decision making I, I you know it, it's it can be contentious but um, 
I am definitely a social media person, as as are you. And uh, it's just pretty hard sometimes to just see what's what's being posted out there. So that's why, personally, I type this word of the day every single day on my BornToTalkRadioShow.com page to mm-hmm. to at least throw something positive out there, which is really... Right. Which is really what you're doing, uh, you know. Like I said, your your mom died in 2009. Is that correct? Yes. And yes. and you are the you are the same age as my children, and I I must tell you, um, they love their mother. I don't I don't want to think that my children don't love me, but losing their father in their 30s was a really tough thing because their dad I suspect like your mom was their rock he was their go-to person and your mom was was your go-to person and she was ill and while my kids suffered an immediate loss and you didn't um, losing somebody that's had such an impact on your life must have been very difficult for you and your sisters I would think yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's like I said, it took me a five-year period to like fully recover from that because uh, mm-hmm. I mean, much like I thought of suicide, I thought of asking God why, but I didn't even go down that road. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. thankful that she's not in pain anymore. That's one of my main concerns. I hate to see people in pain. You know. Right. And that that but that process built me up to who I am. You know. And you know. That's the perfect lead-in, and what I really, really want to spend the rest of this show talking about, Yuri, is we, we've heard a, about your background, and you and I have compared some commonalities, but um, you model yourself physically as you dress as a superhero, and I really want to give you the stage now. And I know you've been on the stage talking about this because I follow you on social media. I'd like to know how did how did this start? What what was the? How, take us through the story of Yuri and how you decided to do what you're doing today. Okay, well, it first started when, um, like I said, that five year period, I was just lost. Um, you know, I would call my mom every morning to wake her up because she was retired, you know, just to wake her up and let her know, get ready to get up and do, go about your day, you know. And I remember mm-hmm. the first day I returned to work, and I just bawled like crazy because, you know, I called, I picked up the phone to call her, and I had to hang up because, you know, she wasn't there. But right. that five-year period was just like a struggle to me. Like, I could talk to you normally like this, and as soon as we hang up, I would just, you know, break out and, and tears out of nowhere, you know, and I had to right. think of something to control that, you know, and I thought of stuff that she did. And the one, the one story that I remember as a kid was coming out of ranch market and she gave this homeless guy $20 and I will never forget that day. And I asked her, why did you give this guy $20? And she said, he has, you don't know what he has to deal with tonight. Whereas we're going home, we got a car, we got food, you know, with TV, you don't know what this man has to deal with tonight. And that stuck with me forever, you know. And that mm-hmm. after she passed, I remember I went to the bank and I got $2,000. This is the first time I've ever told anybody this. Before Christmas, um, Christmas Eve, I went and drove around South Central L.A. 
found every homeless person I could, and I gave them each $20 until I ran out, you know, and I woke people Uh up in there. I'll never forget this one guy. He's like, he didn't even know it was Christmas. And I said, you know, tomorrow's Christmas, and uh, I just want to give you a Christmas gift. And he started crying, and we talked for a minute, and I just kept going to each person doing that. And, you know, and and that after that, uh, I still began crying. And I never went to therapy or any of that type of stuff because um, my major was psychology, and I feel that I'm capable of controlling my emotions. You know, like I can, like I said, I could talk to you right now, and then you know, a couple minutes later after we hang up, I'm crying. And I right. said one day I sat in the car when I got to work, and I said I gotta do something, you know, to honor my mom and keep her legacy going. And this face, that's when I. Um, I started Facebook, and the first person that popped up on the page was Officer Tommy Norman. And I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's a police officer in North Little Rock, Arkansas. And he what's his name? Tommy what? Tommy Norman. What's oh Norman? Okay, all right, go ahead. Yeah, I'll check him out when you get a chance. But he I will polices this community. He on and off duty. I mean, he's there every day taking people to eat you know, looking out for people and then people send gifts in and the videos are just funny. And, you know, to see the people's reactions of everybody smiling and being happy, that just, you know, brought a smile to me. I would watch those videos every single day, you know, and then I thought about it, like, this is already do this, you know, and then for some strange reason, I got back on Facebook again and this guy named Hip Hop Trooper popped up and I added him on Facebook. Now, He's a cosplayer. I don't know if you're familiar with Star Wars, but he dresses up as a stormtrooper. Oh and yes, his whole of course. Costume is uh, red. The, the white, the just, whole white thing, or does yeah, he say he was red? Yeah, his is actually yeah, his is red, and he's called Hip Hop mm-hmm. Trooper, and he has a radio, and he just flips the script of of the the regular stormtrooper, you know. And then I'm oh, thinking, wow. like, this guy, everybody loved it. You know, I went to the the Comic Con and I saw him and I met him or whatever and. The guy is real cool and humble down to earth like me, you know, and I was in the car one day and I said, you know, what can I do to, to keep my mom's legacy going and to help the community and help kids? And I thought about childhood cancer, my mom having cancer, and I love kids, you know, That's, I've always loved mm-hmm. kids. And I slammed Tommy Norman together with Hip Hop Trooper and then I became a future superhero. And, you know, I, I go out and homeless visit the homeless in my Spider-Man costume as well as the hospitals and just to see this people's reaction, you know, that are going through something every day, living on that street, and then just to see me and smile, you know, that makes me feel like I made that day for the moment, you know? Sure. And that, that, Gosh. And I wouldn't trade that for the world, Marcia, you know, the reaction that I get out it, of people and these kids, you know? And, and, why of 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 all the different kinds of costumes that you wear um i know that you chose spider-man is that right is that how you yeah. dress yeah well and yeah why did you spider-man 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 is like a local neighborhood hero and everybody knows spider-man from you being a kid you know spider-man, mr rogers was spider-man. one of my favorite shows and spider-man you oh know, yeah so mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just yeah. I mean, I I just mix yeah. Rogers too with it, you know. Mr. Rogers is in me too, so. Isn't that isn't that so funny? And I they people that have seen the movie because there's a movie about him now, you know. Would you be mine? Could yeah. you be mine? Would you be my neighbor? You know, isn't yeah. it? It's 
kind of like, you know, because you're the same age as my kids and, you know, with Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers and all of that, you know, um, and like you said, Star Wars. I mean, like I said, my, my son had, you know, the, what is it, the Millennium Falcon and the Stormtroopers and, yeah. you know, all of those 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 action figures that, that kids really enjoyed. And you almost, I mean, that's all come back now, so the next generation is starting to become familiar with that. But I, I would imagine that whenever a child sees you in the hospital, and they're struggling with who knows what, the ability for them to see, oh, my God, Mommy, Spider-Man, Spider-Man's here. Right. It's just, it just, you must, it makes me, like, touch my heart. It must just, it must be so mutual, you know. And um, are there particular hospitals that you like to visit? Um, my favorite hospital is uh, Miller's Children's Hospital. Uh, a lot of these other Where's hospitals that? have a... Right in Long Beach off of Atlantic Boulevard. Okay. Well, that's good yeah, to know. It All right. Yeah. It's a real, everybody, the nurses, everybody, they're just friendly, you know, and they, they, they don't have, I don't have any problem going in there, you know, whereas some hospitals I have a problem, you know. Sure. Um, so tell me some of the things. Um, when you dress up like Spider-Man, we just talked about Miller's Hospital. Are there other places, well, I happen to know that when I saw you, you were dressed up. So when you go out in public, regardless of whether you're visiting some sick children in a hospital or you're, you know, helping some homeless get some food, um, do you always wear the Spider-Man costume? No. Uh, Sometimes I go as myself, and it's funny that you say that because – the first time a couple of weeks that I wore it, they loved it. And then I came by myself and uh, people get mad and like, where's Spider-Man? Where's Spider-Man? And, you know, (laughs) and it just, it feels good though. You know, that that's what they're looking for. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't have that before, but now they have somebody to look for, you know, they don't have, they might not have any friends or whatever, but Spider-Man comes around and I know he's coming to give us some food or give us some clothes this week, but, I, they don't even call me by my first name anymore. It's, it's Spidey or Spider Man now. That's that's what's weird, you know. <laughs> that that's that resonates. They are, they aren't going to call you Yuri. That's that's right. interesting. Um, you and I both know, and and many people. If, if you live in Los Angeles, which we both live in the Los Angeles area, uh-huh. um, you can't not know about the homeless problems that are going on in our city because I think the numbers are up to about 58,000, um, and, and it's not just in Los Angeles, but, you know, certainly because our temperature here is more um, moderate, people can be outdoors year-round as opposed to someplace back in the East Coast. But it is a really, uh, for me, Yuri, and I don't know if, if you knew this, I, I, we might have talked about this, but when I saw you in Manchester Square on that last day that we were there, and I was there with uh-huh. an organization that that had the same kind of story that you have. He started age eight. His name is right. Simon Simon Boscato, Boscato, and he wanted to give somebody that was hungry some money, and um, that's how he started his organization of Share Hope USA along with his dad and his family members. And 
we were in the Manchester Square area, which is where I grew up. I lived in that neighborhood. That's where my parents lived. I went to 98th Street School. Um, and to come back to a community that really in the beginning, when I first started, was an encampment. There were about 500 people living there. And, and they were right. legally trespassing. It was legally um, LAX, you know, airport property. They just weren't prepared to do anything with the property at the time, so they just allowed people to live there. And they pretty much, for the most part, lived there in harmony. That's not to say that there weren't some issues. You know, we would have these feeding events, and we'd bring barbers and pet groomers and, and hot food, and then we'd walk the streets for those people that felt that they felt too worried to leave where their belongings were around their tent. Right. So we'd bring the food to them. You know, once right. those um, once that was closed, which was that day that I saw you, you know, there there is no more encampment, and, and they've scattered, and it's the same thing down at the riverbed in Santa Ana. And I understand, I understand that people have issues if they're looking out their window and they're watching drug deals and somebody going to the bathroom on the sidewalk. I, I really do get that. But you and I both know that there are a lot of people that are ex-veterans, um, that have right. PTSD. There's a lot of reasons why people are on the street. And I don't, I don't know... Um, I don't know what the solution is. Um, what are you? What are you personally doing to help? What, are, what? How are you taking your your drive to the homeless population? What are you doing? You know, it's funny. Said a lot of people think um, that we're enabling these people by just feeding them every day. But you know, I try to explain this to people and say, you know, you have to put your hand out first and, and shake this person's hand and, and greet them and meet them and talk to them and understand them and build a relationship with them in order for them to trust you, you know, and just, mm-hmm. just because we're out, you, you happen to be out there and you throw food at them and then you keep driving. That's now that's enabling to me, but if you're sitting there and you stop and you have a conversation like a human being offer these people mm-hmm. food, you know, do you need help? Are you an ex veteran? Do you need to get an ID? You know, talk to these mm-hmm. people and ask them what they need. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people out there, like you said, that are ex-veterans um, that have post-traumatic stress and or tra- traumatic injury, brain injuries, and ex-drug addicts, ex-felons. It's a whole variety of different people out there, but there still are inside some good people out there. You know, I just hate that people put the black eye on these people and say everybody's a drug addict and, you know, mm-hmm. give them that title like that. And that bothers me a lot because they're not out there every weekend checking these, or checking on these people and talking to these people, you know. And and we learn their names. And we right. know the names right. of their dogs. So exactly. you start praying at night, and you're praying for Dana, and you're praying right. for Brownie, and it's raining, right. and you're wondering how are they doing, or it's blistering hot, and do they have any water? And now where are they? Because now they can't be where they were. And when when the barbers used to come, oh, my God, Yuri, I wish you could have seen us in action when the barbers would come. The barber, he was uh-huh. only one man. He, he came with his wife and his three kids, which I think is another thing about Share Hope that was so unique. It was an, it was an environment where children could be part of the process 
It was not scary. Right. It, they, you know, and um, when you'd see a, a scraggly man or woman um, sit down in a barber chair, have a have a um, a cape put around them, and then have it's it's emotional, and have a stranger touching your neck and touching your head and giving you a shave and trimming your beard. It, 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 I mean, it was, I, you know what I'm talking about because you've, yeah. you've witnessed oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. We've, we've, we've gone now that, that um, Manchester Square is gone, we've, we've gone out to Carson and we've gone under some of the bridges where people are uh-huh. just trying to survive. They don't ha- they're not living right. in uh, rusty motorhomes or in their cars. They have tents and they have dogs. And we bring dog food. We bring hygiene kits. We do the same kinds of things that you do, Yuri. And I think until someone, you know, it's it's great to have to um, hand hand over a bottle of of water or some socks because socks are so valued by the homeless. Um, right. It's right. I mean, we we both know that socks oh, yeah. are really important to the homeless. Yeah. Um, but when you start putting faces and names. And there are some organizations that simply help the the homeless get an ID, get a PO box, right. and, and I know many of them have cell phones. Yes, they do. They're 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 given to them for free, but you got to keep them charged. So somebody right. has to have a generator. You know, um, you know, it's I don't know. Do you do you think there are some solutions? What 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 do you think are some of the solutions for this problem right now? I mean, to be honest with you, I can't. We can't depend upon uh, the mayor and or whatnot because they they always say we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and you know he just said he was going to help um, give some uh, beds to the women, and by August, and you know August is coming up, and still nothing, mm-hmm. you know. And the, some of the solutions you can put out there are showers for these people, um, restrooms for these people, you know. Mm-hmm. Because you think about it, where are you where are they going to use the restroom at every day if there's no porta potties or restrooms around? You know, so they got to right. do it somewhere. They're going to do it in a bag and they're going to throw it on the ground. And then me or you or somebody that comes out to help is going to step in it. You know, or they right. got to get the city to clean that up. Whereas if you had the right. toilets and the showers, at least it would keep them clean and they would know where to go or you use the restroom and whatnot. You know. That's one of the mm-hmm. solutions that could start, you know, just and, and get out there and talk to these people too, you know. You know what? You know one of the things that the DWP did in Manchester Square. I don't know if you were aware of this. Um, they actually brought out a water fountain and hooked it up to the fire hydrant, um, mm-hmm. and they also um, sent in um, showers, not regularly, right. but like once or twice a week the other this was all managed by a woman by the name of stephanie miller who was on my show last year she was actually the project manager for the uh, manchester square and um they they did a lot of different things that they tried to do to help people you know truly relocate um you know nobody likes to be cruel and and inhumane um, but at the same token, the people mover needs to move on. You know, people sold their homes, and, you know, that that's what had to happen. But um, one of the things that they also did that 
we did not do through Share Hope is that they spayed and neutered dogs on the spot. Um, we brought food and we brought groomers, but they actually helped because, you know, there's the chihuahuas run crazy um, in the homeless um, community because they just continue to have puppies. And you think about a homeless person that doesn't have much to love or to have it love them, and that often is, is that's it. But if there's any way they can get any kind of services, they need a, a post office box. They need a, an ID. And there's a lot of organizations that help to make that happen. I, I'm familiar with a lot of them, and you, and you probably are as well. But you personally, you're a one-man band, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, I have I've, I've other people that are other organizations that I work with. But I, I, it, the thing with me, Marcia, like I hate to be like that, but, you know, you can't depend on people all the time. So that's why I feel mm-hmm. like I have to be Kobe and, and be the one man show, but I know I'm, I have other mm-hmm. people that have my back all the time, and I know I can go to them. Mm-hmm. And those are the, mm-hmm. the people that I usually go out with on a regular basis, you know. Do you go? Do you go down to? Do you go down to Skid Row, or do you avoid the major areas? Yeah, I was there. I was I was actually there last night on the uh, rooftop for um, a kids' party for kids, the homeless um, union mission kids that stay there. They had a party, oh, nice. birthday party for the kids upstairs yesterday. Yeah. How but nice. I mean, last night, Marsha, on the on the way home, like it was all fun and games upstairs with the kids. But when I got in my car and I rolled that window down just to hear that screaming, that that yelling, that arguing, the the police, it's it's just I don't know how you can sleep at night down there. I know, the the just the fear alone of of being yeah. there and having your belongings, and you know, and if you're a woman. You're even more vulnerable, um, right. and it is right. it's it is a problem. Uh, you, you know, I last two weeks ago, uh, Yuri, I had on folks from um, Saint Vincent de Paul, and they managed mm-hmm. something called the Cardinal Manning House. I don't know if you're familiar with it on Skid Row, no. and they at least bring in 65 people, 65 men. Now, you and I both know that is a minuscule amount compared to those people that are on skid row it is right. you know and and you, know, you there's there's hardly a place in the city where you if you don't see encampments you you see people with a shopping cart you know laying on the sidewalk and and you you read about it every day where you know they're going to be arrested and i don't know are what, what where are you going to put them there's no room in the jails so I don't know what you're going to, they're not going to be able to pay for their tickets. So I'm not quite sure how arresting them is going to, to help the problem. What do you see exactly. um, as this problem for humanity? How do, what, how, what do you observe? You know, I've, I've observed the police uh, taking people's belongings and, and throwing them in the trash. You know, I don't understand like uh, the thinking of the the chief of police not to have a, uh, mental health training for these officers because just imagine if I were to come to your house, Marcia, and take all of your belongings and just throw them in the trash. How would you feel? Right, you so know, violent. Without any, without any, yeah, violation, and then you want without any type of warning. You know, I know that sometimes mm-hmm. they come and give you a warning, but you're throwing away people's IDs, you're throwing away people's medication, which keep them sane. You know, and mm-hmm. and they don't they don't think about that though. They get to go home after the shift's over. You know, and that really right. bothers me. 
I suppose that's why you've made a pledge to make a difference, right, Yuri? That yeah, yeah, you, the legacy of your mom. I, I can, I can, I can really see that. Um, I'm just thinking about something that I noticed on your Facebook page, and I think we should tell people um, um, that that how how well we'll talk about how people can find you, but let's just say it now, and we can even say it at the at the end of the show. So on Facebook, how would people be able to find you? Uh, Yuri Williams. That's Y U R I W I L L I A M S on Facebook. Perfect. Yuri that's Williams. terrific. And it, and yet, and you, uh, do, you, do you also are you on Twitter as well? Yes, I'm on Twitter. Uh, the Twitter handle is a future, but the spelling is F A F U T U R E S U P R Hero. Oh, not S U P E R S U P R Hero. Yes. Is yes. that what you're saying? Oh, that you know yes. what? I never really. Because we're friends, I need to go back and make sure that I have you properly listed somewhere. So it's a super is S U P no E R. Soup like Yeah, that's only like on Twitter. Phonetics. Right. Yeah, they, had a, you, they won't let you put uh, an extra letter, so I had to take one out. Okay, good. Well one of the things that yeah. just came to my mind <clears throat> is that you got a you got an award. You got a the Wal this Walmart award recently. What was that all about? Oh man, that was that 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 would be number four of my uh, one of my favorite yeah. moments of my life. Um, a lot of people, um, I guess, wrote into Walmart to say that I'm doing a good job for the community. And one day, I just happened to get that email saying, you know, you are a community leader, and you know, they had my name on the marquee outside the forum, oh. and you know, it was. It was just I got to walk through the forum. I just felt like I didn't make the Lakers, but I felt like I was a Magic Johnson or something, you know. Oh, you you were on the a, stage. I tried not to cry that night. Yeah. Oh man, I had a great time. That was a great night. That was a great night. Oh, your mom. And I, how could you, how could you not have thought, oh man, my mom would be so proud of me right now. Right. You know, right. I, I, you know, really, I, I, I can only imagine what that must have felt like for you, to, right. to have accepted that award. That's just, that's outstanding. Um, yeah. You, so you, you followed your mom into the juvenile correctional, uh, as a juvenile correctional officer. <clears throat> now you're in the mental health unit. There are different areas, um, as correctional officers. Is that right? But you are specifically in the mental health unit, and I'm just wondering how that's affected your life and some of the things that you've decided to do with it. You know, that that was, uh, I wanted a challenge, and I decided to go on that unit because uh, I deal with a lot of mentally ill uh, friends on, on Skid Row, you know, and mm-hmm. interacting with them also helps me at work and working at work with, kids that have Asperger's or autistic and traumatic brain injuries, you know, I'm able to talk to them and use, I actually do, uh, I talk to the kids at work and see how that works out. And then I use it on the street as well to see how it works Mm -hmm. out. And it seems like it's, I can use both methods all the time, you know, use the same method Mm -hmm. as I use at work with the people on the street. And that's like been real, really helpful, you know, because the average person can't see, 
um, you know, understand uh, what an autistic kid looks like or some kid with Asperger's or an adult with post-traumatic stress, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I'm just glad I'm found, able to see that. You know, and they have found themselves yet in some kind of detention of some sort, right? I mean, so they right. they have, so, and so, and, and, you know, I'm really stereotyping. I'm absolutely stereotyping right now. But have you found that there's an enormous amount of grandparents trying to raise the this generation of youth that you're seeing? I know this just, I guess, yeah. because I have a personal friend in this situation. Are you seeing that grandparents um, are 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 the parents are, are parenting these these young people? Yeah, you know what the problem is with that too. These kids are. Um, bigger than when I was coming up, you know, they're stronger, they're beating up their parents now, and then they ended up staying with their grandparents because their parents don't want them at the house because right. they can't control them, you know, and they end up with the grandparents who can barely control them as well, and they're wondering and worrying, like, what is this kid doing out on the street, you know, and I see it every day, like, older, like you said, the grandparents are coming in there to see this kid, you know, which they don't have any control over. That's the last hope is the grandparent is trying to, you know, change this person and show them that they love them, but they don't see it, you know. And then they age out, and therein lies the problem. And in the case of my friend, her grandson is 19 now. And, you know, she had control of of sorts when he was younger, and, and that's just another enormous part of this problem um i want to give you plenty of time to talk about this huge goal that you're starting that's just oh my god that you're starting in october would you like to talk about what what your plans are beginning this october yeah um how i got about going after this uh, goal was um a friend of mine named uh, rodney smith jr he mows lines for the elderly, single moms, veteran, or disabled. And he's done that. He did that last year, all 50 states, including Alaska and uh, Hawaii. And he's on the tour again doing it right now. And he reached out to me and he said, uh, you know, I'm, you know, me and him sat down. We went and had lunch the first last year when he did it. And I said, man, you know what? It will be cool if I could do something with that you know, like you're doing with kids and, you know, and going to feed the homeless in every state as well as going to see an ill or disabled kid in every state. Oh, so, you know, wow. I, didn't, I didn't think anything about it. And then one day he called me and he was like, uh, you think, can you get some time off from work so we can do this? And you don't know how excited I was about that. And to be able to get this going in October is, is going to be very something very special, I think, you know. Yeah, how, wow, yeah, it's it sounds incredible, and it sounds like something that Ellen DeGeneres should know about and the local news should know about, and, you know, I mean, no, I mean, in all seriousness, because, you know, um, you could, I, I don't know if um, Rodney Smith has a, um, a YouTube channel, my guess is he does, um, but, you know, and do you have a YouTube channel as well, Yuri? Yes, yes, and I I, How, I don't so even know the could, name of it offhand right now. Okay, but you know what? I changed the name. People that want to know, they just have to to Google Yuri, spelled Y U R Y Williams, just a typical Williams, 
and there's probably all different ways that they can find where you're located. And I think you're going to ultimately start a website at some point as well, right? Yes, yes. Is that coming for your future? How are you personally funding doing this? I'm just, how, how are you... How are you going to do this? Are you going to start a GoFundMe um, page, or how are you going to afford yes. to do this yourself? I, I actually have started a GoFundMe. So far, I've raised $900, and the goal, he said we'll need around 9000 to 10000 to, you know, pay for the hotel, the gas, the supplies for the homeless and the children, and, sure. you know, the plane tickets to Hawaii and Alaska. So that's, Are you that's going the goal, to, you know. on the... Will you be driving everywhere else, or will you be flying from state to state yeah. typically? Yeah, What's... we're going to be driving. We're going to be driving. Okay. Well, I would recommend yeah. as someone that just came back from Alaska two weeks ago, don't uh-huh. you don't want to be there in the winter because there's no, no daylight. Or keep that in mind. We'll <laughs> oh, talk about wow. that later. You want to be there when, okay. yeah, there's no, uh, there's uh, there was almost entire sunlight when I was there. There was The sun didn't go down till after midnight. And it was coming up around four o'clock in the morning. That's because we were coming to the to the summer solstice. It's just the opposite in the winter. So you might only have three or four hours of daylight at at the at the wow. peak of winter. So you don't want to be there then. But that's really good wow. for people to know about the GoFundMe. And um, because um, um, Rodney has done this before, it's kind of cool because you can partner with him. And he probably right. can bring some experiences, you know, to this. And it would be great to find some sponsors. So if any of you are out there listening and and can feel the compassion and in, in Yuri's um, drive to make a difference for people, you know, you can you'll be able to find out how you can um, support him. Maybe there's a local church out there that's listening, or some other organizations that really do have money that really want to see you making a difference because this isn't about you. And I know that this is really about how you can help somebody else. And I just, it's, it's pretty remarkable, truly. Um, Wow. Um, Okay. Here's another question. And I don't know if you've ever Uh given this any thought, so you may or may not have an answer to this, but I thought I'd ask it to you anyway. Knowing what you know today, what advice would you give your younger self? Man. That's heavy, huh? Oh, he ain't yeah, heavy. Man, like, <laughs> you know, you know, Marcia, I think about that, and uh, and people always say, "What would you do to change all over again?" But if if I were to, to change all over again, I don't think I would be me. You know? Yeah. Really. Wow, that's really that's that's interesting. <laughs> that you know, it 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 I I think about that sometimes. I think about that question for myself. I think it's a kind of an interesting thing for all of us to kind of ask ourselves. What what would 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 we do anything different or actually are we on the path that we had always hoped that we were going to be on? It's kind of an interesting thing. So, right. in your free time, which I can't even imagine you have any, <laughs> but if you do have some free time, what do you like to do with your free time? And I love movies, and I mean, just going to just seeing these homeless people and 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 going to these hospitals and going to make home visits. That's that's more 
that's more of my my time and having a fun time to me now that I'm older. You know, I've done everything. I've been to these concerts. I've I've, I've been a lot of places and done a lot of things. So now it's time for me mm-hmm. to to try to bring humanity back and and get everybody to love each other again. That's all I want. You know. Are you playing ball? You know, don't Marsha and talk about that. Wow, about two years ago. <gasps> Seriously. Two years ago, this kid out jumped you me, just... and I'm, I don't have time no more, you know? That's, oh, that, that's, that's one gonna, of the reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, and this kid out I, jumped I, I me on a jump was... ball, and I, you know, <laughs> and I just lost it after that. I'm like, I must be getting older if you can out jump me, because half of the people that know me, that's, that's one of the things I could do is jump and dunk on people. Yeah. God, that's pretty funny. Oh, my goodness. Well... And before we close, um, and this is just truly, who would have ever thought, Yuri, seriously, oh, my goodness, I think back to those YMCA days. Who would have ever thought, I listen, I didn't know I was going to be a radio show host either, so sometimes um, things just present themselves, and um, we're wise when we see those um, experiences to, um, to, to see them for what they are and to try and make a difference. Um, I feel like that's part of what, what I do also. I, I really, truly am interested in the stories. I believe that we, we share much more in common than we are div- divisive with one another, and that by right. just simply being kind, being a difference maker, doing all those things that you do, and that what, what um, Simon does, he, he just collected... Um, I think it was 20, oh my gosh, uh, 22,000 cans of Play-Doh. Uh, wow. It was a big drive throughout the, a lot of the schools, and they were all delivered to Children's Hospital Los Angeles for those children to have That's something awesome. to play with that wouldn't be right. it would have any kind of infection attached to it or bacteria, I guess is the word I want. And, right. you know, maybe people are listening right now and thinking, you know what? Maybe they're my age, and they're thinking, I really have some extra time. Maybe I could see where Yuri's going to be. Maybe he'd like some help. Maybe I could donate to his cause. You know, maybe there's just a way I'm listening and I can make a difference. Maybe I live in another part of the country. Maybe I'm living in a, in a city that, that is developing a larger and larger homeless population. I would imagine... You know, Florida might be a place. We certainly know, you know, uh, Arizona and places like this where there's there are issues. And if somebody wanted to be inspired to do something, I can't imagine after listening to this show that they couldn't perhaps think, you know, maybe I'm not going to dress up as Spider-Man. You know, maybe I don't have to be a superhero, but I could just right. be a super me and right. and go out there and grab a few friends, and I think you get as much back as you give. Wouldn't you say? You don't go to get exactly. back, but you do get back, no. don't you? Yeah, you get a feel like yeah. it's a, I feel like an excitement, an energetic feel, you know? I bet. Every time I do I it, and I, it lasts true. out through the week. I, I'm sure that's true. Well, Yuri, I have loved spending this hour with you. I I just I just think it's just been just fabulous and I 
And I'd like our listeners to know that it's getting a little easier to to listen to my shows now, my podcast, because thanks to a great team with Brian and Tia, I'm starting to put this media package together. So you can simply always go to my um, uh, my face my my um, web page, which is born to talk com. All of my shows are listed there. All of the Listen Now buttons are available for you to listen there, whether you want to listen on iTunes or Blog Talk or Google Play or Stitcher or SoundCloud or TuneIn. Any of those devices now all carry my show, and that makes me really happy to make it easier for all of you out there. So I just want to say this has been a pleasure. I want to, I want to see you. And I want to introduce you to these folks from Dorsey. We have we have okay. much that we can talk about, Yuri. This is just the beginning, and right. um, it's absolutely been my pleasure to have you join me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. And with that, I'm going to pay a little outgoing music. And thanks, everybody, and stay tuned. I'll be back with you again next next week for another edition of the Born to Talk radio show. Let's see if we can get some music going. A matchup. And what a tee, Mike. Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and get a 32 gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on a T Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.